All right. All right, here we are. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to invite you all to put your hands above your head. Go like that. There we go. Yeah. Let's all declare victory right here, right now. That life is for us. And that no one and no thing is against us. Yes. That's a very, very therapeutic thing to do, by the way, of empowerment, to just put our hands up. They say for three to five seconds. So if you're feeling down, just go out in the backyard and do this. Power stance. There we go. We'll call it that. Sweet. All right. So good morning. Welcome. I think I've already said that. We had a beautiful event here Friday night, so thank See, we had a wonderful turnout. Boy, I haven't had that much chili in ever, so... And people kept giving me free chili after I was all full of chili. So, wow, it was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> you talk about abundance. We had an abundance of chili that night. All right. So what I'm going to invite you to do is just, uh, if, you're, if, you're, um, if you could get both feet on the ground, because it grounds us, there's an energetic, and we bless the earth, and the earth blesses us. And so I just want to set us up for success. You can cross your legs in a moment, but not right now. Because what we want to do, when you send the signal to, to the infinite that you're not available, it looks like this, and we want to be like this, because we become that, out, that outlet. And you are the outlet. There is nothing to fear. There is nothing, nothing to fear. And yet we make up stories about that. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But we're, we're here about empowerment. And when we understand the truth of our being, we're empowered. And so what I'm going to invite you to do in this moment is just... Drop into 30 seconds of silence. Let's take the energy of this beautiful song, amazing, amazing things. If we're going to make up a story, let's make up that story. We're here to do amazing things. And so I'll, I'll just say, let's begin when we begin our 30 seconds of silence, and then I'm going to share a chant with you that is a bit of our ritual. And uh, let us know that as we chant, as we listen to the chant, and if you, you sing in this very room with me, which is the chant, know that we are calling forth. It's an invocation. It's an invitation. And this divine presence requires an invitation. So let's allow this silence to be our invitation. Let's allow our open hearts to be this invitation. Let's allow our presence to be an invitation. And then I'll offer a prayer. So let's begin with our silence. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And so in this moment, I'd like to imagine just the small earth 
sort of floating before you in your mind's eye. And so what I know is that we live in a non-local universe, that this infinite presence is everywhere present, but nowhere in particular until we give it intention and until we invoke it. So in your mind's eye, as you see that beautiful spinning ball before you, just gives us a focus of our intention. Let us offer the fullness of our hearts to bless. Let us generate so much love, unconditional love within our own being, because that is who we've come here to be, that wherever love is called for or needed, we supply it. There is enough love within this room for the entire world. So let us stand together and love this day. Let us stand together in, in alignment with the great avatars and teachers and prophets that have come down through the ages, all speaking the same language of love, of forgiveness, of joy, of possibility. And so I affirm and know on behalf of each person here, and if my words fit, bless you. And if they don't, let them wash over you and bless you as well to live in that divine discernment and only allow the things into your awareness that you are in agreement with, that you are not here to be a victim. You are here to create an intentional creator, to set an intention and to summon into our lives what we demand comes into our lives and what we express. And so what I know here and now is there's one life. And that infinite divine presence is an energetic, it is a unified field. It is love, beauty, possibility, creativity, opportunity. We see it everywhere we look, through our artists, through our, our brilliant orators that speak the language of truth, past and present, that we are blessed, that we can read, that we can hug, that we can see, that we hold life abundantly, that we have the opportunity to hold life the way we decide to hold life, not how it comes at us. This is awakening. I give thanks this day for what is unfolding here and now in and through and as myself, in and through and as yourself. And I call forth and I've come here to be courageous, creative, abundant, generous, powerful, humble, open, receptive. And to take that, those gifts to the world. For this I give thanks. I release these words knowing that, that every good thing necessary for each and every one of us to bring into our awareness, whether it be in this moment or a moment to come, it is on its way here and now. And so standing in that eager anticipation with you, I give thanks knowing that that is true for you as well and all it requires is a yes. For this I give thanks and together we say, and so it is. So as, um, as Karen so beautifully um, articulated, and um, that this month is a month of transformation. Uh, and we are, I, we are, I am the place where transformation shows up. And transformation is really what this is about, our journey. And so I want to use once again the springboard from um, Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, which is a wonderful uh, companion to what's unfolding in our community right now. It's a beautiful book and simple, and I was going to do three more chapters today, and I read one, and I said, man, oh, man, if I can get through this one chapter, well, I'm going to be doing well. So I want to make it simple. I want to make it real clean, and I don't want to overwhelm you with information because I'm much more interested in transformation than I am translation. And I could stand up here and, and, and translate a bunch of stuff for you, and you'd walk away, and I don't know what he was saying, but it, it sure was interesting as he was going through his his uh, gyrations there. So we are, I am the place where transformation shows up and you see the butterfly up there. Great metaphor for transformation to go from the, you know, the, the cocoon to the chrysalis to the beautiful butterfly. 
And in your Science of Mind textbooks, and as I said, we're going to start bringing our textbooks. Our, our, our Bible is, and there's many sacred texts, but kind of our core of what we, we um, uh, springboard off of is a beautiful Science of Mind textbook written in 1926 by Dr. Ernest Holmes, our founder. And on page 153 in the, in the section on prayer, I'm going to share this with you, and it's actually going to be up behind me too. Dr. Holmes said, but if we know God is an indwelling presence, our prayer is naturally addressed to this presence in us. We long for and need a conscious union with the infinite, which is another word for God because he used a lot of terms because he was trying to break people out of this pattern of an anthropomorphic God. God is not a man or a woman. It's both male and female. It is all the qualities, but it is, an, it is a vibration. It is a unified field. We're going to talk about that today. For we long for and need a conscious union with the infinite. This is as necessary to the nature and intellect of humanity as food is to the well-being of our physical body. And I, I know that's true. I know that longing that is alive within all of us. What is it that we're longing to experience, to have? What are we reaching for in our lives? Because there's more to it than, than just simply this world of form, and we know that. But it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, bit of wisdom from Dr. Holmes. It is as important as food is. So let us be open. Bring your best today to consume the, the wisdom and, the, and, the, and what's, what's alive within this community, not just my words, but in the silences between the words. What is informing you and bringing your best and being your best and who have you come here to be? So bring your best to this moment. If we practice bringing our best to this moment, then all of a sudden we can start practicing it out in the world, bringing our best. And that's consciousness. Because the world is full of, of misbeliefs and misidentities and, and senses of, of not enough and there isn't enough and lack and limitation. And we can participate in that. It's very popular. It's a very popular idea. And so bringing mindfulness to that and, and, and see, you know, there's wonderful things unfolding here within this community, and I've got to tell you. And there are people that we know we can count on, and there are people that have already identified themselves that we can't count on you. And it's great to know. We bless you. We honor you. We know you're doing your best. But we're moving this direction, and, and if you want to be part of it, awesome. So let me just give you an example. Put that sign up, that banner up out front for the concerts. In this concert series, we've been percolating for a couple of years. We want to bring these beautiful artists together. We want to support them. We've already raised, and we're being, and this is a vision of Martin Kerr and Anthony Lovesy, and Anthony's back there selling tickets today. But we want to support these artists because we stand for artistry. And it's such a good connection for what we, we, we profess here. And, and so in, in our efforts to be generous with that and make this a, an annual sort of thing, we're putting a lot of energy in, into that because it's so important for us. It, it aligns so beautifully. Music is prayer. I mean, how many? We all have soundtracks to our lives. And so while we were standing out there, we were putting the banner up last week. Steve Sandy was out there and Don Medinger was there and I was standing there. There was a guy waiting for the bus. And I've said this for years. I said, it looks like we're dead in here. There's no signage out there. You wouldn't know if there's something going on here or not. And this guy's standing there, this total stranger with a backpack on his back. And he looks at us and goes... I thought that place was closed. I've never seen anybody go in there or out of there. I've been standing here for years catching the bus. I said, that's my point. Thank you. Why are we such a... Is it we're embarrassed that, that, that we're in here doing this thing? We're like some secret cult? Crazy people? We're cutting the heads off chickens and all the stuff we're doing? No. We're, this is the most practical down to earth. This is the wisdom that your grandfathers and grandmothers, or some of your grandfathers, taught practicality. Where's God? God is right here. All around us, in and through. It's an energetic. It's a vibration. It's in the nature. It's in the food we eat. 
It's in the sunlight. You know, and, and people have struggled over a millennium to identify it. And then all of a sudden, they, they want to put it in a box and say, well, we're the only ones. You've got to worship and pray the way we do. I don't know about that. I've hung out with those guys. They didn't look very happy most of the time. Dr. Holmes said, we're our teaching of joy and celebration. There's nothing wrong to live in joy and celebration. It's nothing wrong to live in abundance. There isn't. Honest to God, you guys, we watch people abuse it all the time. That's their problem. That's their soul. That's their agenda. You know? So I'm just saying, so the three keys today, I want to get into that a bit, is are the, a river runs through it. I, I kind of went with a movie theme today because I'm an old actor. I, I was an unsuccessful actor, but it brought me to this. I was in Hollywood for a long time. I started writing a book about it. Boy, it's so boring to me. I've lived it, so it's like, hmm, I don't know. If I need to tell this, but it may be good for my grandkids to read some. So a river runs through it. So what, what the river is, is this river of energy. Spirit is just a river of energy. And this all comes from Michael uh, Singer's book, The Untethered Soul. But the river, there's a river of energy that runs through. It's an underlying energy field. It forms the atoms, which create the molecules. And then all of a sudden, there's, it comes into material form. 99.99999% of the atom is space. Isn't that amazing? What influences space? Consciousness. The collective consciousness. The individual consciousness. And as long as you live tied to the, to the race consciousness, you're going to be influenced more and more by what the, the sum total of the race consciousness is. And that's not good or bad either. It's just the fact. So the most spiritual primal energy that we have, the flow, is directed towards survival. And that's simply because it's taken us so long to get to this point in our evolution. But for most of us now, we have enough food, we have enough clothing, we have enough shelter, we have enough resources to survive. And most of us don't live threatened in our lives. Would you say? Are you, I mean, some people do. Some people are in a... And, and, and if you are, let us know and we'll do whatever we can to help you. But there are people in the world... But for the majority of people do not live under a daily threat of, of, of being eliminated. If you're in a war-torn country, that's a different situation. But the point being is for, for the longest time, that's where our energy was directed. And that's why that reptilian brain is so triggered. Trigger, 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 danger, danger, danger. And so what happens now is we've taken, because all those threats are gone, we've gone from, from the, the physiological protection of ourselves, the physical being safe, to the psychological. Make sense? Oh, we've transferred that energy. And if we don't transfer the energy and if we don't transform consciousness, we continue to find the triggers in our lives. And so what happens is we create this lifetime of protection, protecting ourselves from the world because the world's a threat. And since it's no longer acceptable to run and hide in the woods, which is what Michael Singer says, we withdraw, we close down, we pull back behind our protective shield. We close, and when we do that, we close down our energy centers. We just finished doing um, Pure Intent, and we did a lot of meditations in that class about opening up, the, Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza calls them the energy centers. They're the chakras. But what happens is when we feel threatened, we close down. We close down and we just don't know better. We didn't, I didn't have a mom and dad that didn't know how to close down. That's just what we did. So we had that model. And it's just as, even as a little kid, I thought, is this really it? Is this the way we're going to do this? It's got to be. There was something alive in me that said, you know, this just can't be the only way. So our society considers physiological sensitivities normal. Look at, look at this, the phobias people have. 
The pharmaceuticals that people are concerned, we've never had so many people taking antidepressants in our entire history. And the problem is it's passing through their bodies and going back into the water system and now we're finding it in our water. And so it's very interesting. So is this the, the planet that we want to live on? We live in a time of the hypersensitive psyche. We are constantly using our energy to close around our psyche. This process only hides the problem. It doesn't fix us. Fix it. The illness get lock, gets locked inside of us. We trap it. We close down the energy center. We trap it. Just the way we work. And I love this information because it's so in alignment with where I am in my own ministry. What I know is important, I believe. Because I'll tell you what, gang. If we can't get on top of this and we can't live this, as, as Dr. Gary Simmons said last week, I don't think there's any hope. We ain't going to make it. I don't think we have an option. Because so many people are so scared. And so how do we stand in this? I'll get to that in a moment. So real spiritual growth requires, Michael says, Michael Singer says in The Untethered Soul, only one person inside of us. Not the scared person and, then, and the protector. That's duality. Carl Jung said that, that the spiritual experience can only be experienced in wholeness. In wholeness. And you read Dr. Ernest Holmes, he's all about oneness, he's all about wholeness, and he was inspired by other great teachers, but he embodied it, he started a movement. He said, you don't need another religion, go to, your, go to your churches and just be a good whatever you are. Practice it, he knew it was there as well. And many people said, no, 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 I want this to be my tradition, and, and here we are, you know, almost 100 years later. But wholeness is, and we can't have a greater human experience until we in integrate. You brought in Gary Simmons last week. Beautiful work. We did the Q process, and, it's, it, there's a, there, and it's, it's not magic. It's just the process of looking at our triggers. We're bringing him back. We're going to bring he and his wife back for the next trip. My vision for our community is that we're people that understand the conversation, so when the triggers happen, we can say, you might want to look at what that is for you, because it's a gift. Our triggers are a gift. And so Michael, um, Michael Singer talks about that, that idea of this being the watcher. So the watcher is everything that you see inside is something you see inside, but it's not us. It's just not us. It's just, it's the experience we're having, but there is a seed of consciousness that is truly us. That's what all the great teachers talked about. That's what Jesus was talking about. It's not I, but it's Father within that doeth the work. But he saw with that vision, that mystical vision. He didn't fall asleep and get pulled into the energy, the triggers of daily life. That's what our cue process is all about. The cue process is identifying a trigger, and then you go back, say that, and you write about it, and you rewrite it, and you rescript it, because we're making this stuff up anyway. We're making a story up anyway, and we're surrounded by people that are asleep in this idea that the, that the end product of this physical reality is, is what's happening, when in fact all it is is the last portion of some of those error beliefs that show up in our experience. As he said, we was going, well, I was taking him to the airport last week. We're riding, we're riding he's, oh, and just like me, you're like, oh, man, I should have said that, and I should have said that. You should see me for two hours after I do a talk. I can't say it. I'm like, oh, I should have said that. I was going to say that. But I said, well, tell me. I'll tell him next week. I'm there. And he said, well, it is said that enlightenment is, here's trigger, and here's the gratitude. He said, enlightenment is going from the trigger to gratitude instantaneously. That's enlightenment. And so when we work with our triggers, we become more adept at looking at it and saying, oh, that triggered me. What's, what is unresolved in me? What is afraid within me? And moving to the gratitude to realize it's come to wake us up. But when we look at the world like that, it's like, then what, is, what, could, what could possibly be afraid of? 
What could we possibly be afraid of? My teacher used to say that over and over to me because my theme was, it's scary out there. People will hurt us. I remember when I was doing ministry in Fillmore, my first church, I was there five and a half years. Hardest thing I ever did in my life, I didn't know it at the time. Grew it from three people to 65 people. There were really 65 people there when I left, which was remarkable because we were in a little tiny little town. There were 22 churches in a town of 13, and we thought, they, you think, they, they think we're a cult here. Oh my God, there, it was like, oh, you are those people over there that think you're God. <laughs> no, we don't, we think you're God. <laughs> ah! That's a shock for people. You know, some people, some people aren't ready for that. But everywhere we look, we see things triggering us. There are people out there, people with different attitudes and different beliefs and different systems, and it triggers us. Michael Singer says, everywhere and every place you go, there's something or someone trying to disturb you, trying to get your goat. So I had to look up where that thing comes from. Get your goat. Anybody here own a goat? I got a whole order in on stuffed, little stuffed goats. I'm going to hand them out to people. Because what he says is when somebody's trying to get your goat, let them have it. So if I give you a goat one day, it means I'm, not let, I'm letting you have my goat. And what, what goat means is that in, 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 with horses, it comes from, from training horses, that horses find it very calming to have a goat in the stall with them. So when you remove the goat, there's no, there's no relief for the horse. That Seabiscuit, the story of the Seabiscuit is all about that. It had a pony with him and a goat and a dog in the stall. It calmed him. So when we, when we, we remove the goat, the soother... Let's call it an adult pacifier, right? We should get a bunch of those pacifiers with goats on them. You know how I like to give them mustache for the kids and all that? We could pass them out. Spiritual practice, here you go, here's your goat. So when somebody's trying to get your goat, let them have it. There you go. It's all yours. If you don't really want it, then don't protect it. Because when you get rid of the scared part of you, you don't have to worry about not getting hurt and disturbed. And that's the triggers. That's the, the Q process is one of many, but it's a process that we just did the debrief yesterday, and there were, I don't know, there are 25 people on the call, and, and it's recorded, and those of us that signed up for the debrief process can watch it, and, and it's, it's on a link. It's just beautiful, because it is, there's a gestalt. There's, it's cathartic to watch people talk about what's triggering them, and you learn how to rewrite the script by hearing other script writing. It's, it's fascinating and beautiful. Spiritual growth... Michael Singer says this is when you feel your energy start to change. Trigger. When you feel your energy start to change. And he says when you start to tighten, it's a sign. It's a cue. It is a time to grow. It is not a time to defend. And that's so foreign to what we believe. I'm feeling lousy here. All right. Who do I, who do I blame? How do I protect myself? How do I remove myself from this situation? But he says the moment you notice your energy shifting, stop it. Remember the video? If you were here on a Friday night, he showed the video of the, the Bob Newhart. Stop it! The lady that was worried, she kept having the dream that she was going to be buried alive in a box. And that Bob Newhart is the therapist, and it's a, you know, it's a comedy skit. And so he says, well, this will probably only take us five minutes, so don't worry about it, and tell me your story. And she told the story. And he said, okay, here's my advice. You probably don't need to write it down. Stop it! Stop it is something that you do inside. And here's Michael Singer saying the same thing. If you use your inner willpower to not go with that energy. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. It's mindfulness. And, and looking at it, go, oh, look at this. And it's, we do it small. Like, like uh, Dr. Gary Simmons says, do, do the paper cuts. Don't do the big stuff. Do it small. Because if we can do it small, we can do it big. I practice at the traffic circle all the time. 
I know when I get to that traffic circle coming up here, there's maniacs in that traffic circle. And they used to trigger me like crazy. And then I'd have to come in and do forgiveness work for 20 minutes. And now I just sit there. I'm the watcher inside, and I watch it. I just watch it, the watcher. Can we get the picture up there, the, the watcher? This is my favorite picture of the watcher. There he is, there he is. Look at that. So I imagine myself sitting there watching. The, it's just amazing to watch the... Tra- and people are like jockeying for position. And, and people don't understand traffic circle uh, protocol. When I first came here from the States, I'd never been in a pra- traffic circle. And I knew I was doing something wrong because people were always, as I was leaving, they were always going like this at me. And I knew, I don't know how to do the traffic circle. And then I would ask Canadians that have been here for years and years, and they'd say, I don't either. So, wow, we got that in common. Isn't that great? But it was always that, that, it was always the peace sign, but with just one finger, I could never figure it out. So I'd go like that back at them. But I do know now, lane protocol. Oh, there's children in the end. I'm sorry, you too. Nomus Patra, Spiritus Santos, Amen. All right. I was kicked out of the altar boys when I was 12. Prepared me for a life of religious science minister. The only price you have to pay is letting go of your small self. Because that's our small self getting triggered. And having the awareness, and it's a lifelong journey. I'm telling you, but man, life is so much sweeter when you can, where you decide where your energy's going. If someone comes up and they're pointing the finger, I'm telling you, I'm ordering, I'm ordering those stuffed goats. That's going to be my new practice. I'm going to bring a bag with me and stand in the, the reception line on the way out and hand out stuffed goats. You can have my goat. It's all yours. Start with little things. The moment the energy moves, the moment you feel a change, he says this, relax your shoulders, relax your heart. Let's practice real quick. Relax your shoulder, relax your heart. And you do that through the breath. It's helpful to breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, mindfully. I bet you, you take three mindful breaths in a row. You'll feel the tension in your shoulders release. You'll feel your heart soften. So you start small. It's beautiful. Just can you feel the energy shift? You are amazing. You're beautiful. But that's the truth of us. We are eternal. This form will change. And I think that's a good thing. I, I don't want to go 300 years in the same body. I'm, I need a new set of tires already. But, but, the, but the, the spirit that we are is eternal. That we're, we're here to give birth to this consciousness. And I don't care whether you're a Jew or a Catholic or a, a, a United Church of Canada or whatever, or Muslim. Whatever you are, we are all called to the same thing. And, there, and we need tools. What I know is Dr. Ernest Holmes is spot on. There isn't a thing that he's ever written that I would disagree with. But we need tools. And not only do we need tools, we have to use them. They have to be readily available. We just did a, the final class with the Pure Intent yesterday, and everyone brought their mind movies. Mind movies are powerful, powerful technology. It's a tool. Why do you think companies spend billions and billions and billions of dollars every year telling us we need this car to feel good about ourselves? Or we, I mean, car ads, look at them. 
and restaurant ads. You know why they do that? Because it works. We need to create the content that we want to fill ourselves up with. And so the mind movies are one of those tools. And we're going we're gonna to offer that within our community that everyone is equipped with a mind movie. Everyone understands the cue process. And it's going to take time. It won't be overnight. People have accused me of being a leaper. I am a leaper. But this is a, a, a cultural shift that is beautiful to be part of. There's wonderful things happening here. And, and, and you're part of that. And so relax and soften your heart when you start to get triggered. That's huge. That's huge. And it doesn't mean we agree with things. Michael Singer says, the center of consciousness is always stronger than the energy that is pulling on it. We are much stronger inside than anything out there. And we have to be willing to exercise our will. There's nothing wrong with feeling the energies. I, like, I love this. That's never going to go away. There's nothing wrong with feeling the energies of fear, jealousy, or attraction. It is not your fault that such energies exist. All the attraction, repulsion, thoughts, and feelings don't make any difference. They don't make you pure or impure because they are not us. They are feelings that we're having. They're experiences we're having. But it's not us. The truth of our being is the seed of consciousness. To be the watcher and look out at the world. I do it in the traffic circle all the time, I tell you, because it's small for me. I stand there and I go, wow, look at this. What's going to happen today? And how can, I be, how can I be a gift to this traffic circle, to the chaos? And sometimes I get there and it's really sweet. There's no cars and sometimes there's a bunch of cars and so whatever it is I watch it and I watch if I start to get triggered and I say no I'm going to relax in this I'm right where I need to be if I were three seconds sooner to where I'm going would it make a difference probably not so you are the one who is watching you are pure consciousness and you're beautiful and you forget that you can be free even having these feelings even feeling jealous, even feeling angry, and going, man, I'm having the feeling of being jealous right now. I'm envious right now. But you see, when you, you say I'm having the feeling of it, not I am, which I just said, but when you identify the feeling, but you don't identify yourself with it, that's progress. Really, t I am having the experience of great fatigue right now. Be honest with yourself, because we do go through that. I am feeling betrayed right now my heart I, my, I feel my heart has been broken right now because so and so left my life that's a real feeling it's never going to go away but when we're the seat of consciousness and we are in that deep relationship with the, the, the source of our lives it's all different then we don't crumble and fall we have momentary periods of mourning and transition and that's hard. It's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's so easy to go back to sleep out there in the world. Because he says, as he says, there'll always be something. There'll always be something coming at us. If you can remain centered in little things, you'll find that in remaining center, you'll remain centered in big things. Eventually, events that could have destroyed you in the past can come and go, leaving you perfectly centered and peaceful. That's huge. That's huge. Ultimately, even if terrible things happen, you should be able to live without emotional scars and impressions, the triggers. When horrific things happen, you don't lose your center, the grace, the truth. That's, what, that's how we train practitioners to pray and sit with people, to witness the story and let them drain the energy and say, okay, where do you want to go now? I came in, I'm working with someone and they came in this week to tell me the same story and I said, okay, we've told that story enough now. 
I went into the solarium with him and I got a, 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 a marker and I said, where do you want to go now? Because that's where we put our energy. I'm sorry this happened to you. It breaks my heart. I've heard this story. I know it's, you got a lousy deal. You got a lousy, lousy deal. But your soul at some level called that into your life. And I said, What's, what you think of as trauma can be the very thing that you could gift the world. Because you, when, you, when you bring consciousness to this, you can then be of service to others that are having the same experience. And people will know it. So I'm not saying it's, it's, it's invited and there's mystery to it. But that is the only sane thing to do. And then deep inside, there is a place, Michael Singer says, there's a deep place deep inside you. There's a place inside of you where the consciousness touches the energy and the energy touches consciousness. And that's where the work is. From that place, you let go. You let go of it, the triggers. Every minute of every day, year after year, and then that's where you'll live. Nothing will be able to take the seat of consciousness from you. You'll learn to stay there. And as you have put years and years into this process and learned to let go no matter how deep the pain, you will achieve a great state. You will break the ultimate habit, the constant draw of the lower self. So when you start, feel the energy start to shift, Relax. If you have the Q process, write about it. I write sheets every day since I found the, the Q process. I get triggered every day. And it's little stuff. It's amazing. But what I'm finding over time is that I'm, there's a love story going on here. It's like, man, oh man, you've stayed the course. Keep going. Nobody in my family did this. Nobody had the courage. Dr. Holmes said we must look at a thing till it no longer has power over us. But we need tools to do that. Otherwise, I've got to carry a practitioner, and I have for years in my pocket. When I'm really struggling, I call to get prayer support. I need to borrow somebody else's consciousness because they're not in it like me. Somebody's got my goat. I need help getting my goat back or giving it away. So, as Dr. Holmes said, if we know God as an indwelling presence, our prayer is naturally addressed to this presence in us. We long for and need a conscious union with the infinite. This is necessary to the nature and intelligence of humanity as food is to the well-being of its physical being. So a river runs through it, this field of energy that is all around us in and through and as us. Dr. Holmes said that God can only do for us, for us what God can do through us. The watcher to witness in the seat of consciousness that to live more and more from that higher self. So how do we get there? We relax, we soften our hearts, we breathe. And we identify with it. We call it forth. It requires an invitation. And what works for you, work it. Find out what works for you. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is my life now. There's one life. That life is goddess life. That goddess is my life now. Whatever word works for you, use it. And deep inside you, the truth of our being is there's something beautiful deep inside you. Let's be spiritual revolutionaries together. Let's go out in the world and just be the, a light that we can stand in the fear and the jealousy and the hatred and not spin into it. But understand, those are people, that's people's error beliefs, that's people's unhealed crap that's trying to, to guide society. And, and when we are clear about who and what we are, we are, we're able to stand together and just say, no, that does not represent me. Spiritually, materially, emotionally, that does not represent me. And to understand that, that is, that is powerful beyond measure. Who have we come here to be? Who have you come here to be? That's what we want to give birth to here. And through practice and love and devotion, it's possible. 
That is transformation. So blessings, thank you so much. And so it is.